Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, your weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 484. This week, we're talking mobility accessibility on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship, and we've got two sisters who recently went on Royal Caribbean's Liberty of the Seas and came back to share their experience with mobility issues on a Royal Caribbean cruise in case anybody else is interested to know what it's all like and how helpful Royal Caribbean is. Here we go. Going on a Royal Caribbean cruise should be something that everybody can enjoy, and certainly accessibility is something that some guests have to tackle when they go on a cruise. And I am not one of those people, but I wanted to share with all of you what you can expect if you are considering mobility issues on your Royal Caribbean cruise. And this week, we actually have two guests joining us. Uh, They are uh, sisters Rebecca and Rachel. Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Rebecca, you reached out to me about this topic. And I, I think this is really interesting because, you know, mobility issues come in a lot of forms, it's not just one approach to it. There's lots of different reasons why someone might need a wheelchair and just have mobility issues in general. Talk to me about your uh, you and your sister's background and how mobility issues kind of became a need for you when you went on cruises. Um, OK, so I'll let Rachel probably tell the story about um, her situation, but. Um, the je- the ba- background is, um, Rachel is, do you want to sell it? <laughs> yeah, okay. so I'm 28 years old. I was 25 when I acquired um, my brain injury, which prevents me from being able to walk long distances. And I have some balance issues and um, I cannot use my right side. So what had happened to me at 25 was I was, Basically, you know, working, living on my own. Um, and then I was having a little bit of, I guess, like some, uh, I don't know, some um, neurological deficits, I guess I would say. So I went to a neurologist, had an MRI, and they had found a three centimeter cavernous malformation on my brainstem. It's a um, tumor, basically, but it's not cancerous. It's a Something that, um, you know, neurosurgeons could or could not take out depending on the location and the severity of it um, and what type you have. So um, in September of 2019, I had a brain surgery to remove that. And then fast forward to December of 2019, I had a second brain surgery because we realized that it was still cavernous malformation that they had left behind. Um, And then I had a third surgery on December 30th of 2019, um, where I declined um, much further prior to my surgery. And it was basically like a life or death situation. But um, coming out on top of it, I do have um, some mobility issues, which include like the ability to walk long distances, my balance and just a lot of things, I guess, that required me to have um, more needs um, when walking than the normal person. Sure. And and certainly, and like I said, there are many different forms of mobility needs from, you know, just being fully reliant on wheelchairs to sometimes occasionally, not at all, but still, you know, traversing uh, short excursions. Again, it comes in many, many forms there. And so certainly, um, Rachel, when you cruise, you had cruised before all this, is that right? I have, yes. Okay. 
Talk to us about your that transition going on a cruise at before and after. I mean, in, in terms of your approach to planning that cruise, because certainly there's a lot more logistics that go into place. Definitely. That's a great question. So prior to um, 2019, cruising was just booking your itinerary, booking your flight and getting on the plane and like going on your cruise. But now, you know, post-surgery and limitations that I have, um, it's a lot more thinking ahead of um, how far is my seat from the entry of the plane? Am I going to be able to walk to it myself? Can I have help in the airport getting me to my gate um, with a wheelchair um, on the cruise? Like, What kind of stuff can I do on the ship that won't limit me that I'll be able to get to um, for shore excursions? Like, What kind of stuff? has like a ramp that I can get on with my wheelchair. Um, It's just definitely different. Um, I wouldn't say that it's like worse, but it's definitely just a lot more thinking ahead. And And I will say too that um, we, you know, used to take sister ships together and this is our first trip together since COVID and since everything happened with Rachel and cruising is the first thing that I thought of because I just know, um, you know, we're big Royal Caribbean fans and how accommodating they can be. yeah. yeah. So we were a little bit nervous getting on it for the first time after everything happened to her. But um, as you'll hear, we were pleasantly surprised with how they handled everything and were accommodating to us. Yes. That's, that's great. Uh, and of course, you went on Liberty of the Seas and did a mm-hmm. uh, cruise. Of the, this is back when Liberty was still in Galveston. Is that right? No, um, this was um, in December oh, and great. it was out of Fort Lauderdale. So it was a three night um, perfect day, Nassau and a day of cruising. And we perfectly purposely picked an itinerary with perfect day um, just because I was a little bit worried about how we would navigate the shore excursion side of things. And I knew that perfect day, you know, is Royal Caribbean owned and they'd be able to really take care of us. And they did. Great. Uh, Rachel, what talk to us about your mobility needs. I mean, how much are you, what are you, are you relying on something like a wheelchair or a walker? Talk to us about kind of that experience before we get into the details. So, um, most of the time I use a walker, but only for short distances. Um, so if I know that I have to walk, um, basically the cruise ship, I wouldn't be able to walk the length of the cruise ship. So I rented a scooter. Um, so I use that like in the supermarket and in places just to get around a little bit easier, but I'm able to walk as well. Okay, great. And um, talk to us about where did you rent the wheelchair from and how was that experience? Yeah, so the company that we rented the wheelchair from, what was that company? Um, Special Needs Group. The Special Needs Group, yeah. So we booked it through them um, over the phone. I remember, I thought that you booked it directly through Royal Caribbean, but on their website, the accessibility tab refers you to these two companies to rent wheelchairs that they um, work with frequently. So I called the number. It was both basically the same. I just um, looked at a see you know, if there was any differences with either company. Um, and they made it really easy. Um, they had the wheelchair, uh, the scooter in your room after you checked in. Okay. So it was in your room on the charger fully charged by the time that you got to your room. So we're happy about that. That's great. And that's a really important uh, tip, by the way, that Royal Caribbean will not provide wheelchairs. So if you need one or think you might need one, you need to arrange it on your own. They don't have them 
for rent or for use, complimentary or not. Um, so that's a really important tip there. And I'm glad that the, especially needs at sea. And there's um, a couple other companies as well that I've seen certainly around sh- cruise ships. If you cruise enough, you'll start seeing them. Um, excellent reputation. And, and that's even better that they take care of bringing it on board the ship. And then you're just, you know, leave it when you're done kind of a thing. Um, Rebecca, when you were looking at the rooms, did you have to book a different type of cabin, an accessible cabin, or was a standard cabin okay? No, we booked an accessibility cabin um, just because she has certain needs with um, the shower, like being able to like walk right into the shower without like a lift on the bottom, um, grab bars in the bathroom. Um, the uh, accessibility room is also a little bit bigger, so yes. it definitely needed that for the scooter. And she also used the walker a little bit while we were in the room. Okay. Um, so our room overlooked the promenade. Um, Okay. which we were a little bit worried about being noisy at night, but there was only, it was there was only one night that they had a, like a parade that we heard anything. Yeah. But other than that, um, the space was great. Um, yeah, I was worried because um, when we had booked the cruise initially, there were sold out of balcony rooms mm-hmm. and the only accessibility room that they had was an interior. So I was a little nervous about that. But then when I guess they gave you an, an upgrade to the promenade interior room. So we had that and it was definitely yeah, easy to get around. Um, Good. So, were, yeah, it was really nice. So booking the room, the cabin itself, it was just a matter of there were accessible cabins still left and you were able to take advantage of one of those. Yep. You just right. have to click on, I think it says like, I need an accessible room. And then it filters back down to what's still like, available. What's available. Yeah. Okay. Is it, do you have to provide any like, proof or information or they just take you at your word that you need one i i don't think they've required me to have any like no i think like once we got further on in the check-in it said like do you have any special needs and then we were able to say it then but i think in terms of the room i don't don't quote us but i don't remember there being any i don't either you know why why do you need special needs i think they just took your word for it Yeah. yeah okay that makes sense so one of the things that you mentioned, uh, Rebecca, in your email to me was that you had an amazing experience with all the disability services and with the staff on board. Let's talk about that because I think that's obviously at the heart of what we're talking about. I mean, at the end of the day, sounds like you still were able to, you know, something Rachel talked about was that he still, the cruise experience is more similar than it's not. So, you know, but talk to me about the services and their approach to, to your cruise experience that really stood out for you. Um, so I would say like we, when we got there, we kind of had to seek it out ourselves. Like we went to guest services right away and just kind of like let them know our situation, just kind of asked what were some things that they'd be able to do. Um, so one of the things was um, for um, the shows and the entertainment, like in the uh, main theater, um, yeah. we were able to get the disability seating, which um, everyone sees you pull um, your scooter right up to the back. You don't have yeah. to go down to um, like, down the aisles to find a seat for the show, which was really nice. Um, in the main dining room, we had my time dining, which we were a little bit confused about. That's kind of a different story, but they were um, really helpful with accommodating us getting a table. Like right when you walk in the main dining room, we didn't have to weave through all the people, yeah. you know, it can get pretty crowded in there. So we got a table right towards the front. Yeah. Um, you know, when we got to Coco K, they were helpful with, um, we had a scooter incident in Coco. Oh, <laughs> That's what they're helpful with. Yeah. So basically, um, in Coco K, I brought my scooter off the ship. You were allowed to do that. So I brought my scooter um, off the ship. And most of the sand was packed in, but there was a lot of um, walkways as well. Like, they were paved. So for the most part, I was on that. 
And for the main dining, it was off the path. I guess it wasn't paved. So that was something that I would say was kind yeah, of be just annoying. Heads but. up to, to people. They have like the beach wheelchairs. Um, so we had that, but it looked like the sand was packed enough that we could ride the scooter over. So we just made a judgment call <laughs> and the scooter. And, and it was stuck. not, it wasn't a <laughs> oh, good no. judgment call. Yeah. <laughs> so shout out to the um, Canadian guests that were sitting nearby us. Yeah, because helped they us. helped us okay. and they helped us push my wheelchair like all the way to our spot. But oh. then once we got back to our lounge chair, we found um, an employee, you know, who, I'm not sure. I think he was a security manager. Like we just got lucky. We found a really great yeah, person who he you know, was called the scooter for the, um, what's it called? The, the shuttle. shuttle for us and got us back on the ship. No problem. Yeah. So. He was, they were very, they made it very easy. I feel like in literally in the blink of an eye, I was laying at the pool and then I was like, it's my bed on the ship. Yeah. Basically, right? <laughs> I feel like they just took us like, and just like swept us back like, so easily. Yeah. It was great. That's yeah. wonderful. That's good. You know, let's talk about the shore experience. I mean, obviously only a three night cruise. It's not like you went to a number of different ports. Did you get off the ship in Nassau? Um, no, we didn't. Um, we actually, neither of us have ever stayed on a ship in port. So I was like, this is a great opportunity to see what it's like to be on the ship, you know, when everyone else is off. So yeah. we enjoyed that. Um, I had been to Nassau um, a year earlier on my honeymoon. And I remember that there just wasn't a lot like within walking or scooting distance mm -hmm. off the that port. So we said we would just stay on the ship. So we only got off in Coco Cay. Sure. No, that makes total sense. So, you know, I mean, it's three night cruise, maximize the time on the ship. But, you know, exactly. I, I think for everybody, that makes total sense there. So you're, you you did the cruise and obviously with Coco Key, sounds like, you know, you had a good time despite getting stuck at one point, but still, still a nice <laughs> time there. Uh, how was it getting around the, the ship itself, Rachel? Like if you're like, you know, Rebecca, let's go. You're in your cabin. Let's go to, you know, whether it's the pool um, yeah, I'll use the pool as an example. Um, if you wanted to go to the pool deck, you know, what was your experience typically like uh, getting there? Any any real challenges or was it more of the same? I think that it, honestly, I, I had said this since I got off the ship that I wish that the world was up to speed with Royal Caribbean's like accessibility um, features like on their ships. They made it so easy for me. And like even the the bathrooms is like a, a really good example. Like the bathrooms by the pool deck and by the theaters and by the restaurants, like the public bathrooms. Yeah. They had a um a button to open the door so that she didn't have to worry about opening the door with going in with her scooter. And then once you're in the bathroom, they have a stall that's handicapped. So another door can open for you. And then there's a, you know, its own sink in there. There's grab bars. Like it yeah, was just it's, it, she like, was able to, you know get up from the pool, go to the bathroom herself and come back without me having to hold the door open for her. Right. I think that was might have been the first time that I independently was able to go to the bathroom. Remember the last yeah. day at the pool. She stayed at the pool and I was able to go with my scooter to the bathroom, open the door, open the door to the stall, close the door, and it was just like wow. so that's easy. great. <laughs> uh, yeah. So if, Rachel, if someone was to say, you know, I'm going on a cruise ship and I need to use my scooter as well, or, you know, wheelchair, whatever the case may be, what are, uh, what are like your two or three recommendations for anybody going on a cruise going in the future or, or just basically for yourself when you go on your next sailing, um, what would be your, your tips for anybody who has, um, mobility issues on a real Caribbean cruise? Um, first of all, I definitely wouldn't put the speed on the scooter all the way to the top <laughs> because I, the first day I like didn't see a pole and I just like slammed into it. Oh no. Um, but 
I would say those things go very fast. Those yeah, scooters. They do. So, um, don't drive over the sand and cook. Okay. Use yeah. the beach wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> ask them for help if you need it. Um, but I really think that I would just say, I don't know, I guess, um, just go to guest services when you get there, ask them for help, kind of give them your specific needs and see if there's anything that you hadn't thought of. Like, you know, they thought of the, the shows and the seating in the dining room, something we hadn't thought of until we went and told them our situation. So I guess also like too like on an on a different note here like don't be ashamed I guess to be in your wheelchair mm. and need to get her on the ship and don't be afraid that people are going to you know just enjoy yeah. your vacation it's really your time to have fun and like not care and you know just yeah have whatever fun. you need to do to get around safer and easier yeah exactly yeah. I just you know I wanted to be able to have a drink and not feel like I'm set up fall over. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I just, you know, some people need that and it's okay. Absolutely. Rachel, so. I think it's a really good tip because I know a lot of folks who may be a little older and are in that age where like they could benefit from a wheelchair. They don't need it all the time, but it certainly benefit them. But there is a bit of, I guess, hubris, a bit of, you know, they, they don't want to appear to be in a wheelchair. They don't want, you know, it's kind of a mental jump, if mm-hmm. you will, to, to do that and they they're afraid people will might think of them or whatever the case yeah. may be but i think that's a really good tip that like at the end of the day enjoy your vacation and don't let your mobility prevent you from enjoying your trip yeah i'm exactly. so glad that i did that and i'm not ashamed at all to say that i did that good. in order to have a good time and enjoy my vacation and don't have to worry about a lot of the stuff that i worry about when i'm at home so great now, here's the most important question, Rachel. Do you have another cruise booked? Uh, no, but I told my boyfriend that I really want to. <laughs> so it's on the it's on the horizon, I okay. hope. Great. Well, <laughs> I really appreciate you both joining us here and, and sharing your, your insight and your experiences because I'm sure this is going to help a lot of people who may have some trepidation about going on a cruise with mobility issues. Um, it's it's certainly great to hear that Royal Caribbean just takes, a great, takes good care of you. And that the experience is uh, overall, you know, very accommodating. It really was. Yes, Mm -hmm. definitely. think so. All right, friends, my mission today is to get through all the emails that were sent to me in 2022. So we can start next week with fresh 2023 questions for all of you. So if you want to send me your emails in 2023 or any time, really, Matt at RoyalCoreanBlog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T at RoyalCoreanBlog.com. First email this week is from Eugene. Hi, Matt. I made all my reservations with my husband and myself. He's listed as the second passenger on my reservation. When I use the app to check in for the cruise, will I be able to check both of us in using my app, or does he need to download the app and complete the check-in process separately on his phone? Thanks for any help you can provide. So the good news is, actually, uh, since you're both staying in the same cabin, that's fine. You'll be able to check in both of you when you're in the same cabin because you're under the same reservation number. It's the reservation number that dictates um, whom you see on your thing. So... The fact that obviously both of you have different reservation number or different, sorry, different people, but on the same reservation number, that doesn't matter. Uh, you'll be able to both check in both of you. And you can already see that, Eugene, when you go into the Royal Caribbean app. And if you were to, you know, book something as an example, like a spa treatment or a restaurant reservation, you would see your name and his name. And that would already tell you off the bat that you're, you're good to go. So should be good to go with that one. Next question is from... Uh, Susan writes, number one, two questions for us. One, if I booked a balcony and prepaid gratuities to take a rail up to a junior suite, will you have to pay additional gratuities? 
Hmm, that's actually an excellent question. I believe the answer is yes. I'm not sure how that all works. Like, I guess you just get charged the difference, I'd imagine. But my understanding is you're still responsible for that. So I think the answer is yes. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure the answer is yes on that one. Number two, do all travel agencies check your bookings for price reductions or do we do this themselves? The answer is no, not all travel agencies will check if there's been a price drop. I know for a fact our sponsor, MEI Travel, does that regularly. They actually have their own proprietary software that does that, but not all travel agencies do that. And I would say that more often than not, the onus is on you to check for a price drop. But in the case of MEI, they will check. Now, again, that software doesn't run like every second of every day, but it does run periodically uh, to be able to do that. And in a lot of cases, especially for myself, I know this, I get an email from my agent. It's like, hey, good news. Your the price of your cruise went down. I was like, oh, well, that's nice. So uh, yeah, but again, it, it depends on the agency. So you should not assume on that one. Next question is from Ashley. I just booked my first cruise ever. Just started listening to your podcast on Spotify to try to make the most of my trip. I'm a single mom, so I want to make the most of it with my seven-year-old daughter and myself. We're going on a four-night Bahama trip in July of 2023 on Independence of the Seas, and we stop at Coco Key. How far in advance can you book a cruise? Any tips or tricks for getting on a cruise with a seven-year-old? What are some things I should make sure to bring? Ooh, this is right in my wheelhouse, Ashley, because uh, my youngest daughter just turned eight, so I have experience with two seven-year-olds, but more recently one. Anyway, uh, so how far in advance can you book your cruise? You should already book it now. My advice is book the earlier you book it, the better. Prices tend to go up over time, so book it immediately. Number two, any tips or tricks for getting on with a seven-year-old? Seven-year-olds are pretty easy. It's not like, you know, if they were um, in the grand scheme of things, trust me, they're not easy. <laughs> as as Ashley's hearing this, she's like, what are you talking about? It's easy. It's terrible. No, it's it's a process, but every age is a process. Anyway, my point is compared to younger children, like two or three-year-olds, seven-year-olds are easy. But here's what I would say when it comes to a seven-year-old. Number one, you know, make sure you, this is true for any guest of any age, do the online check-in, get all that done. Okay, you got that stuff. So, um, number one, when you get on board the ship, after you have lunch, I would definitely recommend going to Adventure Ocean immediately. Uh, they open usually about one o'clock, so maybe not immediately, but when Adventure Ocean is open, go there and register your seven-year-old for Adventure Ocean. Whether or not she goes there or not, that's a different story, but it's a good idea to be able to, this is your first cruise, for her to see the venue, meet the staff, get questions answered, also registered, because that will make the process easier for drop-off later on. But it's as important for you as it is for her to acclimate yourself to Adventure Ocean so she understands this is the children's programming on board and they have sessions during the cruise in which you can drop your daughter off and it's totally supervised and you can pick her up later on. It's As a parent, this is like the best thing ever and if I were you, I would prioritize her going there in the evening hours so that way you can enjoy some adult entertainment, you know, whether it's going to a bar, going to a show, going to a pool, you know, whatever the case may be, you have an opportunity to have some alone time and, and she gets time doing what she likes to do, which is, of course, play with other kids and draw and all sorts of things there. So definitely an important thing. I'd also say, you know, you mentioned where some things you should bring. One of my favorite tips, and credit to my wife for this one, is to actually pack snacks. And you're thinking, well, what are you talking about, Matt? There's plenty of food on a Royal Caribbean cruise, right? Yes, the answer is yes, absolutely. But at the end of the day, if your kids are anything like my kids, um, you know, they like having a little snack in the room every now and then. Not like a slice of pizza or a burger, but like chips or goldfish crackers, something like that, something to, to nosh on while they're, you know, watching TV or they come back from a shore excursion. You know, it, it's that like just, you know, something to, to, to munch on. Anyway, um, bring their favorite snack, Pringles. It's got to be prepackaged. So Pringles, uh, goldfish crackers, those are two really common ones. And actually my kids like both of those as well. So that's something you can bring on board the ship and 
that's been, I don't want to say a lifesaver. I don't want to make it seem like it was that big of a deal, but it certainly makes a difference with having that. I would also say bring your seven-year-old's bathing suit on the cruise, uh, not just in general. I think you know that, but on embarkation day, pack it in your carry-on luggage. So that way, when you get on board the ship, uh, your seven-year-old can hit the pools, the, the water slides off the bat, and there'll be far less lines there. So definitely a good tip there. So there you go, Ashley. Hopefully you have an awesome time on your first cruise. I think you're absolutely going to love it. I think she's going to love it too. She's going to be begging you. Can we book another cruise, mom? Next email is from Sarah. Happy belated birthday, Matt. Big fan of your channel. I got my mom and boyfriend to watch your videos too. We're going on Anthem of the Seas out of Bayonne in 45 days. And I had a few questions. I asked my travel agent. Unfortunately, she did not know. Number one, want to eat at a Zoomy. More confused about the price. Is there a cover charge or a la carte? I tried making a reservation, but you can only reserve dinner, even though the restaurant is open for lunch on sea days. All right, so the answer is now you're on Anthem. Okay, now I know what ship you're on. So there's not an hibachi issue, but there is a different issue. So Izumi has two menu styles. One is a la carte. By default, as an example, Sarah, if you were to walk in the restaurant, you could just do a la carte. I want to order one roll of sushi or a bowl of soup, and that's it. And you just pay for each item you order. They also have a fixed price menu, which is uh, $30, $35. I forget exactly how much it is. And it includes an appetizer, a, an entree, and a dessert, or two entrees, something like that. I don't recommend this option. I think it's not as good as it used to be, or once was, or ever was, quite frankly. I think you're better off with a la carte. Um, and this is also true. Number like as an example, I don't eat dessert, especially not at Izumi. Like, so that's like a wait. I'd rather use that money for something else. Anyway, I digress. My point is, is that I mean, if you can't make a reservation before the cruise for a la carte, that's okay. Izumi usually is pretty good about being able to make a reservation. Again, you're on the sushi side. You're not on the, if your ship had a bocce, it's a different conversation. But for sushi, you'd be totally fine. My recommendation is when you get on board the ship, Sarah, go make a reservation at that point. Say you just want to eat a la carte and they should have no problems there. Number two, when can we make reservations for shows like We Will Rock You? I've been checking every day, but it's not available yet. So Royal Caribbean has been kind of all over the place with their policy. Pre-COVID, you'd make a reservation. I forget it. It would just show up at some point. Then when the cruises restarted since COVID, they were like, we're not doing that anymore. And then recently in late 2022, they were like, no, we're going to bring it back for Quantum and Oasis class ships. So the answer is keep checking back. Even if you don't get the reservation, Sarah, I think you'll be able to get into the show times. Um, one of my recommendations, if you don't get a reservation, there's always a standby line. Get there 15 or 20 minutes early and you'll be able to uh, get a spot without a doubt. So hopefully you'll be good there. As Sarah's ads here, uh, hope to hear from you. We rewatch all your YouTube videos in the meantime. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you, Sarah. Really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, next question. And actually our last question of the day after this will be into 2023 questions Woohoo! is from uh, Susan. I think it's a different Susan. Anyway, hi, Matt. I really enjoy your podcast. I recently heard you suggest a sandwich bar on the pool deck. Is there any chance of that or something similar ever happening? We were recently on Oasis of the Seas. Spent a lot of time near the pool at the front of the ship. I hate to admit it, but we were hungry as everything seemed so far away. The grill was closed, but not open later in the day. Oh, the Solarium Bistro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a snack bar would have been much appreciated. Susan, thanks for the email. Uh, certainly the sandwich bar that I suggested was just me wishing, uh, literally. There's no, there's no indication that will ever happen sooner or ever. I don't know. Um, that was just me grasping at straws and, and just saying something I would like because I think that that is something that Royal Caribbean lacks. And, you know, I did an article on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com a couple weeks ago about things from other cruise lines I wish Royal Caribbean would, would steal, quite frankly. And from Carnival, I came up with the pool deck food. Uh, I think Carnival, I, I never really thought it was that big of a deal until I started seeing what other lines had, especially with, when Carnival 
started adding like blue iguana and guys burger. Anyway, they do a really good job with like not only having good uh, quality complimentary food, but having that food accessible via the pool deck. Now, Royal Caribbean traditionally would say, well, yeah, we have good quality food uh, accessible to the pool. Like you just walk to the Windjammer for it, which is not not false. But as you say, when you're sitting there in your chair and you're like, man, I really go for a bite to eat, but uh, I don't really want to walk all the way back through the deck. And it's it, you know, it's a definitely a first world problem. But, um, you know, it, it's a bit of a hike there. And even on ships that have, you know, a, a local fresh or a boardwalk doghouse. I mean, those can be on the pool deck, but, you know, that's very limited in terms of what you have to eat there. So all that being said, Susan, no, I have no indication that my wishes will be granted true by any means. But I would love to see that happen because I agree with you that it's nice to be able to have some little closer by. So that way you're not commuting that far away from your your pool chair. I mean, you are on vacation, so yeah, got to enjoy that. So thank you, Susan, for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Of course, you can always email me your questions by sending to Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt. We'll talk again real soon.